Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. Before we get started, I just want to let you know that I have a freebie for you. It's a fat loss guide called Lose the Diet, Gain a Life, and it helps you build lifelong habits to help you ditch dieting and, of course, make peace with food and your body. The habits are simple, and there isn't a single calculator or food scale required. The link is in the show notes for that. Okay, let's talk about the dreaded comparison. Let's face it, comparison feels like trash. We see someone with something, quote, good, and we immediately begin to take stock of our own life. We don't even need a list. We've practiced thinking crappy thoughts about our insecurities so many times that our brains are wired to produce the story on demand. Thanks, brain. But when we think about comparison, we are usually only thinking about it on a surface level. They're rich. I'm not. They're thin. I'm not. They're happy. I'm not. Whether it's scrolling on social media, stalking your ex's new partner's page, or seeing an old friend, you're going to find yourself in comparison. That is called normal. It's what humans do. We use comparison as a way to sort of see where we are in the world. Who's doing well? Who's not doing well? And where do I fit on this spectrum? And not to be an asshole. Instead, it's just to try and figure out, am I safe? Do I belong? Am I okay? Am I where I need to be? Comparison isn't all bad. But comparison runs deeper than simply wishing for something better. When we compare, what we are really saying is they get to experience only positive emotions and lack negative emotions about this thing, while I am the opposite. I feel bad. And if I could just change the way that I look, I wouldn't have to. Body comparison, or any comparison really, is more about comparing perceived experiences than it is comparing bodies or things. Think about that. I'm going to say it again. Comparison is more about comparing perceived experiences than it is comparing bodies or things. What experience do you believe is being withheld from you because you don't have that body? What emotional experience do you believe you would be having or not having if you did have the body? Now, comparison has some pretty damning effects. Your self-worth is reduced. You might have poor self-esteem. You have to overcome a bad mood or stay in that funk. You'll be less productive if your mind is spinning. You may even self-isolate and avoid social events or people, which of course results in fractured relationships. Your motivation will be reduced to try new things. You might just shut down and that further just reinforces this low sense of self-worth and nothing good comes from that. But comparison isn't all bad. Comparison can be helpful. When you notice that you're in comparison and you start to feel jealous or frustrated or sad or depressed or lonely, that could be a sign for you to start asking some questions and see if you can turn comparison into inspiration. 
Can you learn something? Could you use what you're comparing your current life to as a sort of sounding board for your inspiration, for your dreams, for your wishes, for your hopes? And take a positive spin on it. And the other thing that comparison is awesome at, if you allow it to be, is getting you really clear on whether or not you actually want the thing that you are comparing yourself to, or if you are only comparing because society says this is an important thing to have. If you ask yourself the right questions, it can be a real tool for clarity. And I'll tell you more in a bit. Here's how you tackle comparison using the notice, invite, and ask method. So first, notice that you are in a comparison state. This is pretty obvious. You are going to start eye rolling when you're on social media or saying negative things in your head, and it's a feeling that comes over you. The next thing you're going to do once you've noticed is invite compassionate curiosity. Now, I know that you are probably wanting to fight me on this and say, there is nothing that being nice to myself is going to solve in these situations. It's not going to get me more money. It's not going to make me eat less. Nothing about compassion is going to be helpful, but I beg to differ. There are no more powerful tools than compassion and curiosity combined. After you invite compassion and curiosity, I want you to just ask yourself useful questions. Now, I'm going to give you examples of useful questions, so grab a pen and write them down or come back to this if you're driving. Don't start writing if you're driving and just jot them down later. Before I tell you a good example of useful question, I want to make sure that you know what a useless question sounds like. A useful question gives you an answer that helps you gain a new perspective and it moves you forward. A useless question is rhetorical, shaming, and, well, useless. An example would be, why am I like this? How could I let myself get to this? Why is life unfair? And so on. You aren't asking these questions because you actually want the answer to change your life or your state of mind. You're asking them to whine, complain, and be a dick to yourself. Again, useless. Now, let's look at some useful questions, and these are the ones I want you to write down. When you notice you're in comparison, you have invited in that curiosity and compassion. Start asking, what am I feeling in my body? What do I imagine this person gets to feel or doesn't have to feel because of this body? Now, if you aren't in body comparison, cool. Put money, relationship, whatever, house, job, all the things. But most people that listen to my podcast probably working on their relationship with food and their bodies. Moving on. Is it even true? Do they really feel the way that you think they feel all the time? Do they not have to feel any of the feelings that you think they don't have to feel because of this body? It's possible that it's true, but is there another way to look at it? Another question is, do I know the whole story? One of the things that people say to me all the time when they're working on their relationship with their bodies is, I just want to feel confident when I get dressed. And while someone who has an easier time shopping or maybe doesn't have to kind of struggle to get into their jeans in the morning or something like that may not have any confronting feelings about walking into their closet, pulling out what they love, sliding it over their booty and going on for their day. That is one moment in time 
that they may not have an uncomfortable or negative emotion. But that does not mean that they are not human and that they don't have any negative emotion. It just means that one thing might feel a little bit different than yours. And could you maybe look at buying clothes that fit you a little bit better so you don't have to have that same uncomfortable experience? So when you're asking yourself, do I know the whole story? Make sure you are saying that you are willing to look at their life as a whole and not put them in this little box of perfection simply because you see the way that they look. Next question, what do I imagine it would take to get it? And do I truly want those things? Another example is someone who maybe has abs or a bicep vein or is super, super lean or wants to, you know, or is able to be a, com- a competitor in the bikini division or the fitness division or whatever. And you may look at that person and think, wow, they must have it all and they look amazing and they're so fit and all the things. But if you knew the whole story and you told yourself the whole truth, the things that they may have had to do to get where they are could take them away from their family leave them exhausted, leave them obsessed with food, leave them with a negative relationship with food, a negative relationship with their body, picking and pulling and tugging and making sure that everything was flawless and perfect and that it never can be flawless or perfect. And do you want a part-time job in a gym working on your body? Do you want your body to be your hobby, your obsession, the thing that you spend the most time thinking about, looking at, working on? You may not. You may not want the thing after you realize everything that it takes to get there and how that would actually feel because it probably wouldn't feel a whole hell of a lot better. It might even feel worse than what you're going through right now. And of course, some things are just unrealistic. I grew up comparing my body to supermodels and, you know, people who are 5'10 and taller. I'm sitting over here at barely, you know, 5'1 and a half don't take my half inch away from me. And thinking that I needed to have a supermodel body and making myself feel bad that I didn't, that I got the genetic short straw is an absolute waste of my potential, my energy, my emotional currency, no longer willing to pay it. So make sure you are not being unrealistically mean to yourself for no reason. Not that there's ever a great reason to be an asshole to yourself. There really isn't. Compassion goes a lot further in creating change. But you know what I'm saying here, right? Let's not sit here and beat ourselves up for things that literally you have no control over. Is there a way that I can offer myself more of the feeling that I want to have today? Back to, you know, wearing clothes that fit you now. Or going out and spending time working on your hobbies, looking for things that make you proud, spending time learning something new, or if you wanted to feel, let's say, more healthy, maybe you scheduling in some exercise and getting a little bit in might shift and change your mood and give you some of the feeling you want to have even before the result of whatever you're after has been achieved. This question is all about turning comparison around, making it useful, and is there anything I can learn from this by turning comparison into inspiration? And we talked about that just a few minutes ago. Can you be inspired by somebody's work ethic, by somebody's willingness to take night classes and finish their degree even though they're a mom, or 
seek support in their community or go out and put themselves out there so they can find that relationship, even though they were terrified, or maybe get up an hour earlier just so that they can take small steps toward getting some regular exercise in or some meditation so that they can work through whatever emotional blocks they have. What is it about their life that you think is so wonderful? And if it really is wonderful, can you use it as an inspiration instead of comparison, instead of jealousy, instead of feeling bad about yourself? Can you give them kudos? Can you say good job? And can you say, you know what, maybe because they can do it and they've proven they can do it. I could do it too. Maybe I can't do it all. Maybe I can't do it all tomorrow, but I can do one thing or I can do two things. Let me start looking at it through that lens instead. I hope you spend some time really thinking about this and using the questions that I've offered you to help you overcome toxic comparisonitis so that you can improve the relationship you have with yourself and with others. The reality is you can shut down your social media, you can avoid all the people, but how is that helping you? Just like I encourage my clients when we're working on their relationship with food to eat the foods that they have been avoiding and afraid of and feel out of control around, I'm going to ask you not to shut out everything that makes you feel some kind of way because I want you to learn to manage your triggers. I want you to learn to think differently so that you don't get caught off guard all the time and you're constantly in repair mode from being reactive and being in a funk and feeling down. I want you to be able to have a feeling Notice that feeling and work your way through it so that the consequences aren't you feeling like you have a low self-concept, a low self-worth, and you end up doing things like eating and scrolling and avoiding and all the things. And that's no way to move yourself forward. That's no way to reach your goals. And that doesn't feel good over time. Sure, we all avoid every now and then, and that's normal and it's fine. Just like comparison is normal and it's fine. But I just want you to be aware that what you do on repeat becomes a pattern. I am talking about allowing yourself to feel the feeling and ask yourself, is this really what I want? If it is, how can I be more inspired instead of triggered? All right, that is all I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening. If you love the episode, do the cool thing and support the show by leaving a rating and review. It helps me so much more than you know. Screenshot the episode and share it on social media. Let me know how comparison is showing up for you, what you're committed to doing, if you're committed to asking the questions, if you think the questions are dumb. I want to hear it all and tag me. All my information is in the show notes. Don't forget to download Lose the Diet, Gain a Life. And if you have any questions or thoughts on this episode, ideas for future episodes, or you want to learn about how we can work together in the groups or one-on-one, don't hesitate to drop into my inbox. It's always open for you. Bye.